Thanks for attending the Disruption Now Summit 2020. We are proud to bring you this first meeting family feud style. Today's summit has been brought to you in a partnership with Fifth Third Bank, Google, and Procter and Gamble. Today's feud will be Team Founder versus Team Capital. Now, let's meet today's moderators. An experienced data software and technical product account executive currently working at Quest Software, her roles encompass data analytics, disaster recovery, performance monitoring, and cloud optimization. Among her many leadership engagements, you can find her championing for underrepresented groups in STEM while also presenting businesses with impact data on the importance of driving social change in the Columbus technology community. She is Mimi Shalash. Working with her, we have the six foot six big man in the middle, elected as the youngest chair in the history of the University of Cincinnati. He was responsible for leading the search for the 30th president of the university. He also established the UC Scholars Academy, which helps in leadership development and academic preparedness for students in the Cincinnati public schools. He's raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for student scholarships, including the largest corporate diversity scholarship at UC. He's also run as the statewide Democratic nominee for Ohio Treasurer and championed his vision of economic equality and innovation and continues to disrupt common narratives as the host of the Disruption Now podcast, Rob Richardson. Welcome to the Family Feud Style Disruption Now, Disruption Now Summit. We are happy you can join us here today. You know, we are uh, one of our most important things we want to focus in this conference is about access to capital and we want to disrupt the narrative. We know that unfortunately, 1% of venture capital funds goes to uh, black businesses. And then it's even less when you talk about black women businesses. I think it's some dismal stat of like 0.006. Anyway, unacceptable numbers that we are here to disrupt and change. You're going to learn from people that have done it, that have gotten past the constructs that have succeeded and the people that are here to help you. But we want to do so in a fun way. Don't you think it's a good idea, Mimi? What do you think? I'm excited. I think it's also important to clarify that we want it to be collaborative and engaging. So not only do we have the expertise of our contestants today, but we also have the survey data from all the registrants who had an opportunity to take it. So Let's get started. All right. So we got a chance. I'm going to be I'm going to give you my best version of Steve Harvey. I don't have the I don't have the flashy suit. So but I'm going to try to give you guys the best version I can of it. And we got a chance to survey uh, entrepreneurs, investors really all across the country to get a, to get a real insight into the struggles, the opportunities that uh, that it actually means to be a diverse founder, to be a black and brown founder and uh, struggles they've had, but also opportunities they've had in that, because we don't want to just accept the narratives that have been uh, assigned, but we want to figure out how to overcome them and really kind of reject them. So that's why I'm excited. And we have two teams here today. We're going to have Team Founder. I'm going to start with Team Founder, who is uh, Travis Holloway and Carmen West. They are the founders. They've started their own companies. They've got their own gigs. So that's Team Founder. I want to introduce you to them. Everybody say hello. Say hello, Team Founder. 
Hey. Hi. <laughs> Looking forward. All right. In Team Capital, we have Kevin Cadet. Kevin, how you doing with Black Angels Miami? I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here. All right. And of course, we have Kalah Gibson with Fifth Third Bank, one of our partners, one of our sponsors. We're glad to have him. Kalah, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me. All right. You are you are you ready to win? We are ready to win. All right. All right. That's what you're supposed to say. Be confident. All right. <laughs> so, all right. So one of our one of our first questions we surveyed. Uh, we asked we asked uh, participants what is the hardest part of accessing capital. That was the question we had, and here are some of the results of the answers that Mimi's going to read that I will show on the screen so you guys could uh, see it, so the audience can see it. And but Mimi will read the answers to you, and then we're going to let Team Founder go first on this one uh, to get first shot at telling us who which answer do they think ranked the highest. So Mimi. Yes, and so to clarify, there will be five options, and we did ask everyone to just pick one. So overcoming rejections, lack of resources and or network, uncertainty of income, developing a business strategy, or identifying a competitive advantage. So out of the five, what do we believe is the hardest obstacle to overcome? Uh, team founder, you get first shot at saying what is the what is what is the answer that was picked most often? So, um, Carmen, I, I think that the majority of Black and Brown founders don't first uh, attempt to raise venture capital. Uh, I think that the majority of them first go to traditional banks to obtain some type of business loan or financing. Uh, a lot of times, the issue there is if they go to a big bank um, such as Kalaz Bank. Um, they are usually turned down because they don't have enough income um, or enough revenue. There's like very, very you know, stringent revenue requirements, uh, income requirements, et cetera, that many small businesses just don't have. Um, so I would say that it's probably that. I concur with you. Um, however, I think there's one that may be just as significant and that is the lack of resources. You know, as, as an ethnic owned businesses, we don't always know where to go, uh, especially when it comes to debt and or equity. Um, because we have never had a relationship with money, we tend to go to what we see and what we know, which is normally our family and friends. Um, so uh, I think you have a great point. I'm with you, the uncertainty of income. We have to choose um, at least one. Um, you have to choose so, one. You have to decide which one you're going to choose between the two. Yeah, so, so happy, happy to, happy to, to, to follow your, your lead uh, uh, partner. Uh, we can go with C. Uncertainty final, of income. Final answer. That's our final yes. answer. All right, final answer. Okay. All right, Team Capital. Tell me what you think. So, yeah, what, you think I, what do I think? Yeah. I am one hundred percent sure of this answer. Because we're going to win, right? We're, we're the money side. I am 100% sure that the answer is B, lack of resources network. Um, for, for, the, for the same reasons uh, already outlined, if we don't know where to go, then we, we can't get there. <laughs> and if you don't have that relationship, you're not going to get there. It, this is B, 100%. You with I, me? I, I, I would say, Rob, 100% uh, agree with my partner. All right. That is B. 
Uh, I would tell you, and I'll use a recent example with PPP, um, we saw a lot of uh, minority-owned businesses, women-owned businesses, and particularly African-American-owned businesses and African-American-owned women-owned businesses struggled to get access um, to that money. And the reason they struggled was because they didn't have the resources or the network to actually get in with these banks. So they thought they had a relationship, but then when push came to shove, realized they didn't. Often happens with that, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And then I think the second piece, too, because we've talked about access to capital. And and to your point, Kevin, before you get to to the capital piece, it has to be access to the resources and the network to actually figure out and find out where these capital sources are. So I'm going where my partner would be. Okay, so that's we got our answer. So we have uh, uh, team capital chose lack of resources. Uh, team founder chose was it uncertainty of income correct so you know let's go let's put up what was the highest uh, what was the highest rated answer for this for this question was what i need a drum roll so overwhelmed <laughs> with almost 54% agreeing lack of resources and network now i do want to call out that the second highest was actually uncertainty of income yep. That's next. What was the third and fourth? Go, let's go through the list of that was second. Third is? Third is developing a business strategy. Fourth is identifying a competitive advantage. And what I don't think anyone is surprised to hear is that overcoming rejections was less than 5%. Meaning mm-hmm. marginalized entrepreneurs are very well versed with adversity and overcoming rejections. Mm-hmm. I agree and with that. Of resources mm-hmm. and Mm-hmm. One point mm-hmm. to team capital. So look, Carmen, you were you were, you were right. You were right with your instinct. I mean, it's, we, I don't want. I'm, I'm not yeah. trying to. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to cause drama. <laughs> Too late. So I, have, I, I have to be a good team player. You know, I've been doing this for a very long time. So you know, I I, I want to be a good partner, and and I did see value uh, in his response. It was close. It was close. It was the second one. It, it was the second yeah, one, yeah. and it was close. Hey, hey, we gave them one, but that'll be the last. We'll dig out of the hole. We'll dig out. So yeah. I, I am curious to hear everyone's feedback because one of the other questions that was listed on the survey is how important is having a network and social connections as it relates to accessing capital? And almost 70% said it's extremely important. They rated it the highest. So. Mm-hmm. There's a clear understanding that resources and network is number one, and yet it is also the biggest hurdle. Why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's for anybody. Well, I know why. What do you think? Well, I I think the, the, the again it goes back to what I said before is that you know we are not uh, most small businesses are not accustomed to having relationships with money. And so in order for them to be able to find that level of success, they have to build through those relationships. And so if they're not in your immediate circle, then you become almost nascent when it comes to trying to identify who and where to go. So um, I, I, I think that it's, you know, exactly going back to, you know, my first premise is that, you know, you, you have to have the game plan, the platform, the guide, the road to be able to get there. And if you're not accustomed to it, you can't find it without that network. And Carmen, you had experience in this. I mean, speak a little bit to that, the fact that you've you've raised before, come against some barriers and had to 
figure out how to get past that. Like speak to your experience on that. Cause I think it, I think it, I think it's very informative to this point. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. You know, as, as a small business owner who, who raised $40 million and uh, you know, who's had $40 million in, in, in revenue, I thought raising capital would be quite easy. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm one of those unique individuals. I'm a member of Five Stone Country Club. Uh, you know, I go to all the, the, the places where all the people that you would think would navigate and be able to congregate in those spaces. So I thought raising funds would be easy, and it was not. Um, you know, even though I had a very robust um, relationship and, and partnerships with people in this space, but I lucked up and found a single investor that said, hey, you know, I'll give you $4 million because I like what you need to do, but because we need to be able to trust you, you got to raise another $21 million before you can use it. And I just thought to myself, wow, you know, does the other non-minority individuals get the same type of treatment? And this was, this was pre-Arlen Hamilton, right? So Arlen Camp comes in and busts open the doors and provides, you know, better, um, a better pathway for people like me. But yeah, you know, I think in my mind, I did everything right. Um, but it goes to show you that, again, even those who think that they have the right relationships, you may not. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else want to speak to that point before we move on to the next question? I think these are really yeah. kind of important. I, 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 I would throw something in there just from a, um, your traditional kind of financial services. So some of this has been systemic. You know, when you just go back to how financial institutions were aligning as we go back in the 70s, and some of that's still happening now, quite frankly, right? So there's been a group of people who've been cut out of the entire financial system, right? And so they just don't have the relationships let alone just the knowledge base to be able to take their business to that next level. So it's really going to take kind of what, what you mentioned, Carmen, people actually coming in and trying to open up those doors for folks. You know, we need people. I always say this. I'm always trying to recruit more folks that look like me at the bank because the more you have at the bank, the more you'll be able to open up those doors. But it's going to be hard and it's trying to reverse I mean, years and years and years of institutional discrimination and racism towards a specific group of people to actually get there. Yeah. I like to I like to add. Um, so I work primarily with seed, pre-seed companies, companies that haven't reached the stage of being a small business, pre-revenue, or even a little bit of revenue, and 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 you're building something. It could be a, a tech idea. Most mostly it's for the most part. Why would we think that this entrepreneur would have their rolodex of angel groups or venture capital to to go to? If, you, if you're not connected in that space, if you don't know about the space or you don't have no segue in, then this is going to be the challenge. You're not even in a position to present, never mind all the things you need to do to present. You're, you're not even at the first step. Um, if, if you went to you know, an Ivy League institution, you might have affinity groups or, or come from an institution where there's some things close to you where you might get a little step but then you still got a challenge of actually talking to the right people, um, different angel groups, different, different groups of people um, invest in different ways. Some may say you need to have a certain amount of revenue, even if you're small. Some may say that uh, I do convertible notes or, or different amounts of equity. I mean, there's, there's so much to go through before you even start pitching. But if you don't know who to pitch to, <laughs> you don't have a chance. So, I mean, this is good. I mean, that's why I was 100% sure, like, I've been through it. I mean, I've been, I've pitched from 1998. It was the first time I, I got in front of angel investors. Um, 
did I know what I was doing back then? Absolutely not. But I had the opportunity. And, and you know, all the way up through today, I mean, when I think of how much I've learned, it, it, it's, it's just a big challenge for people who are just trying to get started. Yeah. There's no connection between Main Street and Wall Street. And I think that's what's plagued us as minorities is because we, we've, nev- we've not been to Wall Street because our Wall Street no longer exists. So because there's no connection between the two, then navigating that road, you know, makes it a little bit more difficult. I concur. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, uh, you know, one of the final points as we move on to the next one, unless Travis, you had something else on this. Um, this is why this is why we're doing this summit. And this is why we're starting uh, this this network to really uh, capitalize on the virtual uh, technology that we can do. We can't we can now create our recreate because we did have a Black Wall Street. but We can recreate that right now and really and really figure out ways to build, empower, connect and, and really get to that next level, because it's you know, I think if all of us do what we need to do in the places that we're in, we can get there because there's no you probably heard me say this before on my show. Captain America's not coming. Black Panther's not coming. The Hulk's not coming. Like that's all for the comic books. Like we have to, we have to create Wakanda. We have to create that and be intentional about actually doing that. And the tools are there. The ability is there for us to at least know how to get access to those who are, who have, who, who want to be intentional about this. Cause lots of people don't, but we just want to focus on those who do. And then actually teach people how to build their network, to go out and actually do they can do crowdfunding too. There's the way you can now fundraise. You know this, Carmen. You're in politics. You can fundraise. You have to go through some things, but we're we're, we're going to help people there. You can fundraise now through your network and get people to invest. And you don't have to just rely on. You still need institutional backing, but if you're able to get some of those millions in other ways without having to just rely on that, uh, I think it increases our chances. So look, this is why we're doing this. This is why we're having these conversations. So. I mean, I think it's a, it's a really important point. So let's go to the next question. All right. Uh, the second question we asked is, what advantages do entrepreneurs of color have over non-marginalized groups? So we asked the we we put this survey out, and these were the were, were the five options for uh, answers. Mimi, four options. Four. So- okay, I got it wrong. See, help me up. Correct me. It's okay. Overcoming adversity is a frequently used skill. Diversity of thought in creativity and market strategy. Diverse research and buying demographic. Or representation in drastically growing among socially conscious buyers and influencers. So again, out of the four, what is the greatest advantage? So to clarify, when we say, for example, the third one, which is diverse research and buying demographic, that would be identity and representation, meaning if you are a marginalized group, therefore your buying demographic would identify with such. All right, so going first on this is actually Team Capital because Team Founder went first uh, the last time. So Team Capital, you guys have at it. What's your, what's your answer? I'm gonna have to lean forward, but, but I'll let my, my partner speak first. <laughs> I'll go with diversity of thought and creativity and market strategy. Okay. Yeah, What's you your thoughts, Kevin? All agreement? Yeah, you guys. This one is definitely not 100%. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> um, no, I, I could see B. Um, 
good, good thing you haven't got me on like a 10 second timer. Um, <laughs> but you, but you might be a good idea the way I'm thinking right now. Um, I, I don't think it's C. I don't I agree. think it's, I don't think it's A. I agree. <laughs> um, all right, well, yeah, we, we, we got, we're, we're together. <laughs> I can see some people saying D. Um, and I think all of these are going to get a better percentage than, than last time. Um, um, I'm, I'm going with my partner. B, final answer. All right. All right, cool. Team founder. Where are we at? What are you guys doing? No pressure this time. Um, Carmen, I- I'll let you lead. <laughs> That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do so. He doesn't <laughs> want the pressure to be wrong. To get it wrong. That's a, I'll take all the pressure. We, That's what we, partners we, are for, right? We, 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 I mean, I, I definitely have input, but I'm going to let you, let you like kind of give your feedback first. That's right. Well, thank you so much. So, so I have, I have, I am between actually C and D and I'll tell you why. One of the things that we as African-Americans or minorities have over non-minorities is that there are set-aside programs specifically for us. So when you're talking about buying power strategic decisions, what we have is the ability to participate in different types of programs that may give us a leg up. Not a handout, but a leg up. Um, so C kind of makes sense. But D was also um, just as significant because we do have the ability to have some of those social structures in place. Um, hence, you know, you right now you have uh, organizations that are committed to a mission of helping diverse-owned businesses expand and grow. Um, you see a lot of, uh, of uh, content now being created specifically for ethnic founders um, et cetera. So I, I'm between C and D. Um, the average person probably wouldn't see the set-asides, you know, as an advantage like I do. So I would lean for the masses to be D. Um, but I think it's C and D. Travis, what do you think? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think when we look at this from the masses, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with D. So I, I think, I think your, your intuition on the masses thought is correct. So let's go D. All right. So what do we have? We had D for team founder. And what did team capital choose? D. That's what they chose is B. You guys, the results, because you're both incorrect. Yeah. So at least let's put the top result. (laughs) The top result. We'll we'll see who got the point. But what was the top result? I'm going to I'm going to say the order from kind of highest ranking to lowest ranking. So overcoming adversity as a frequently used skill was almost 50% of responders. So 48.7% said that that was their main advantage. The second is B, which is diversity of thought and creativity and strategy. The third is representation drastically among socially conscious buyers. And then the least, which was actually at less than 3%, 2.4% said diverse research and buying demographic as it related to them. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I think I think the correct answer is B. Um, but that's interesting. But but tell me why. Yeah. Tell me why. Yeah. Because we this is obviously a survey. It's not 
so it's but there's different perspectives that that you all have being actual people on the ground dealing with this as investors, as founders. Travis, tell me tell me why you believe B is the right answer, at least from your perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think B is the right answer because a lot I think what our competitive advantage is, is that we see the world from a different lens because we've been marginalized in different ways. Um, so th there's different pain points that we feel, you know, as you know, black and brown people um, collectively that I think give us a different perspective on things that we know should be uh, optimized and should be changed. Um, and I, I just I, I think about just examples such as like Twitter is one of the biggest companies in the world today. But what about Black Planet or, you know, YouTube versus Worldstar? Um, there's just so many examples. Um, of what we saw first, those companies were before those other companies, or Facebook even, you know, when you look at Black Planet, um, you know, those were all first, but we were unable to take advantage, take advantage of, of certain opportunities because we either lacked resources or, um, or just didn't, you know, really know how to bring those products and, and, and things to life. But, you know, the final example of that would be like the number of barbershop apps that, you know, are created now because, it's very different when you grow up in a black community and you're used to spending three to four hours, five hours in a barbershop waiting to get your hair cut. That right. is very different than the experience at Best Cuts. So, you know, I know of people who have started platforms to make scheduling your haircut, you know, easy, easier. Um, and I think, you know, having that pain point and that experience gave them the advantage to do that before COVID happened, where we're having a lot of issues with people, you know, getting grooming appointments and things like that. Um, so that's, a that's, that's my, that's my thought process. No, that's a great point. <clears throat> yeah. I yeah, would agree so, with that. Oh, yeah. I would agree with that. I, I'm shocked by the overcoming adversity as being number one. Cause that, I am too. That, that appears to be one, like you're going to get some business. Cause I believe you can take a beating better than everyone else. Right. You know, keep coming <laughs> back. It's like, what? No. But the diversity, the diversity of thought, cause when we think about creativity and innovation, it comes from different perspectives, right. And different perspectives, is where diversity comes in, right? So I, I, mean, I jump right at that one. And then the idea about the demographic piece, I mean, people can hire folks for that and research that may not be an entrepreneur of color, right? I mean, research is research. Yep. And then the last piece around the representation of socially conscious, all black folks are socially conscious, just to be honest, yep. right? So, so it's kind of hard to say that one, but if, if you're an entrepreneur of color, the one thing we can say is that you're diverse, you're going to have a diverse perspective based on um, based on your skin and where you're from, and you're going to be able to use that to help a company to be better, right? In all mm -hmm. different kind of channels, right? So not just marketing, but just overall innovation um, and ideation. Um, if you have a diverse group of people working for you or working with you, mm -hmm. I'm aligned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say like when when I think about this and how I viewed it, uh, A doesn't surprise me because I think A and B actually tie together. Overcoming adversity is a frequently used skill. And at, having to overcome adversity means that you're going to have to figure out how to maneuver situations and come from different perspectives that others don't think of. So I can see A and B really uh, closely tied together um, because it, I, I honestly think if you're able to process, this is the hard part, if you're able to process and get past the adversity, uh, you're able to go back, deconstruct it and figure out ways to uh, be innovative in a, uh, from a different perspective that others can't. So I do think that I think 
I think partly A feeds into B, like overcoming adversity helps you to become more creative in solving problems because, you know, if you have to survive how to how to how to live, how to how to eat, how to do things. And then you get to this point where you're solving business problems, for people like you can do it. The problem is most people it's very hard to get past that point. But if you if you if you've been able to overcome a lot of adversity, it helps you to be creative in solving problems. You figure like, look, there's going to be a way like I know it's we're up against the wall now. But hell, I've been through much worse. So I can we're going to figure out if option A doesn't work, we'll go to option B. If option B doesn't work, we'll go to C, D, E, F. There's always another option. So I, I think they kind of play into each other a little bit. But maybe uh, maybe maybe I'm overthinking it. I, I do want to highlight one point that Mimi and, uh, and I saw. And I think I want to discuss that about the, the diverse uh, the, 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 the diverse research in the buying demographic, because it's I mean, that was almost nothing. And I say, like, when you talk about that question, it's like, are people going to be uh, just because you're black? Does that mean people are going to help you more? Are you going are they going to buy from you? Uh, I, I think people's experience with that. That's why I got almost nothing was no. Talk to me about why you think that is. And is there any opportunity to improve that? Loaded question, but go. I'll let anybody go. Well, I, I think the reason why it is is because of experience. Um, you know, historically, um, you know, we left the um, we we never got chances in corporate America to be the CEO, right? That's why you see so many black businesses where they we've created our own opportunity to be CEO, and so out of you know out of mere experience. We're accustomed to being rejected. However, my lens from that is that there are opportunities specifically for us um, that we can, uh, again, get that leg up. But again, it's just being able and being ready to be able to participate on it. So, you know, in short, it's it's just, again, it's, it's how, how we see the world. I can see why no one uh, thought to, thought to um, you know, choose that as, as one of their primary reasons. But I think it's more experience. Yeah. So I have a quick question, Carmen, because I'm interested in kind of the perspective as it relates to women. So with women, do you find that as a woman founder, that other women are more likely to support because it's a marginalized group? So I, I, I would say from my personal experience and some of the survey data that we've seen is that it is not kind of an immediate correlation that women are therefore going to support other women or that marginalized groups are therefore going to support other marginalized groups. Is there something systemic there? Is there a barrier, whether it's conscious or unconscious, that says, I don't know if I want to support until I see that they're successful, or I don't know if I want to support because I wasn't able to go and pursue something of that nature. Do, do we believe that there is more to it than just maybe experience? From that lens, I think yes. I think that we are conditioned to want to see something be great first before giving it an opportunity. And that's what makes investing so hard because you're, you're really going off of risk. And it's how much risk you really want to participate in. But as women, you know, we, are, uh, we, we have been conditioned to be very hard on ourselves. Um, and therefore, we're hard on each other. Um, but I do see that changing, uh, you know, believe it or not, um, and, you know, not to have a political stance one way or another, but um, I think that as we've seen some of the things that's happened with civil unrest and, you know, the current um, political environment um, with, you know, women of color getting opportunities that they haven't in the past, we've become more appreciative of each other 
and we become more interested in supporting one another. So in short, I think that, you know, um, we, 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 we are, you know, I think almost always a little bit harder on ourselves, which causes us to transfer that. But I see that changing and I see greater opportunities for us working together. Yep. And I think that carries across to black and brown communities as well. We are, I think we are tougher on each other and we need to re-examine why that is. Uh, I, I, I know, Travis, we had this conversation like you, you did get black investors, but not before white investors or other people validated the process. I can tell you running for office, it was the same thing. Like I, I, I certainly got some black support. But it was uh, I got a lot of support from a lot of other people first. And it was like this effort where you had this. Well, you go out and prove yourself first. You go out and, you know, raise three million dollars. And then I believe if other people believe in you. But that's not how it works for other communities. I'll say this. this That's not how it works for Jewish communities. Right. There's a reason people work together. And that's a good thing. And they trust each other. They're willing to take the risk. And that is how we build. And I'll say uh, to Travis's earlier point about, you know, uh, you know, Black Planet and some of the other things that we came up with, there there was enough money probably to invest in that because uh, we're not all poor. We're just sometimes poorly organized when it comes to investing in each other. So I just like to just reiterate that point. And I look, Kalal, you, like you had some some uh, points you want to make on that. So uh, look like you're agreeing or. No, yeah, no, I'm 100 percent agreeing. And you're right. I mean, we, we are so hard on ourselves and. You know, we, we think about how it used to be. So back when you talked about the old you know, Black Wall Street right in Tulsa, a, a lot of that was created because there weren't any options. You weren't going anywhere, right? And now we're trying to bring that back and it's so difficult because you're right, we're just extremely hard on ourselves. And you know, I always use this analogy and, and it happens all the time that you'll go to a, a Black-owned restaurant and they'll mess up something and you will say, you wouldn't say, I'll never come back to this restaurant. You're like, I'm never going to another Black restaurant. You know, like like no black restaurant, like, not that black restaurant, no black right. restaurant. Like, <laughs> you know, why, why would we do that, right? No one yeah. ever mm-hmm. does that. If you go to McDonald's, you just say, I'm not going to that McDonald's again, right? You're not saying I'm never going to McDonald's ever. So I, I don't know where that comes from, but you're right. We, we have to reverse that piece. And if we're going to mm-hmm. do this and do this together, we do have to show each other some grace, right? Mm-hmm. And, and work together to get to a better outcome versus just, canceling people out like i'm done i'm not going back to that place mm-hmm. yep yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I would say uh, i know where it comes from i mean it's something that's been conditioned on this right. show right. about disrupting right. narratives and constructs uh, and that's why it's so important to identify them and identify uh the things that we accept and say why do we accept this and, and we and we shouldn't and because it's, it's not true we are harder on ourselves uh, in two ways. And I had this on a, on on one other panel I was on. I said, you know, we also put this thing up that we have to work. And we say this twice as hard to get half as much. I'm like, no, we should work twice as hard to get twice as much. Like we should work hard <laughs> and expect that we're going to get twice as much when we work hard. Like changing how we view these things matters uh, because it, it I, I didn't even think about it till someone pointed it out to me. I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I mean, it's actually kind of destructive to think of it like, okay, I have to work hard and just expect that half is coming. I'm like, no, I'm not expecting. I want, if I work hard and I work just as hard as a billionaire, I want a billion dollars. Like, uh, yeah, what's wrong with that? Yep. All right. So, all right. Our third question. So we got right now, you know, all right, team founder, y'all gonna have to bring yourselves back here. Give me some points. You know, you guys got a shot. It's two nothing, but we increase the points a little bit, so you got a chance to still maybe pull this Hold thing on, out. On. How does it? Come how, on, what, Travis, we got why this. Is it two nothing. Didn't they get the last one wrong too? 
No, but they got, we got the higher we got answer. It more, <laughs> they we got, got it more, more right. right. Yeah, they got, they got, got more points than you. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. So they got, so they got, this, they got that. This is so. the only time being wrong still makes you right. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So this is, all right. So look, the third question we asked the survey is, what paths have you experienced as most resourceful when assessing extra capital for your businesses? And Mimi will go through the answers. Yep, there are five options. And again, our um, registered attendees could only pick one. So MBE funding, small business grants, equity financing, credit cards, or online lenders or alternative lenders. All right, team founder, this is on this is on you guys. All right, let's let let's take one. No pressure. Let's try to get a point, man. Let's make it happen. Come on, Carmen. And you guys can Travis. I, you know, I, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you start since you were so gracious to start with me. I, I have my own perspective, but looking but forward to getting yours. I, who who I, went who went first on the? Oh yeah, it is you guys. Sorry, yeah. um, <laughs> Carmen, you you actually might have more insights on this particular question than me. But like, I, I've only raised venture capital. Um, that's kind of all I really know. Um, I have heard about experiences with you know, small business grants, but particularly, um, you know, experiences trying to obtain loans from, you know, banks, which, which I've heard is very difficult. I've just never attempted. Um, I, I would say what I don't think it is, I, I don't think that it's equity financing, uh, understanding that 1% of that goes to people that look like us. Um, I, I don't think that it's MBE funding. Um, if I had to guess, I would say that it's either B, small business grants, uh, or D, credit cards. Um, and if I were betting my own money, I think I would probably go credit cards, but, um, I, uh, I just know the number of small business grants has to be few and far between as well. So I don't know. That's my thoughts. I definitely don't think it's online lenders either. Yep. Yep. I'm in line, you know. <laughs> Access to capital is the number one impediment for ethnic owned businesses. And, you know, when you look at all of these items that are in the group, um, it's really hard to access all of them. But most of us have a credit card, you know, and, and most of us have been able to, you know, uh, obtain one, even if it's one with higher percentage rates. So I'm going to agree with you and I'm going to say credit cards. All right. Final answer. Final answer. That's our final answer. All right. Team Capital, you're next. So um, I'm a little disappointed right now because I was going to say credit cards as well. But... You guys up to nothing, man. You're greedy. Don't be greedy. But one of the... One, in the uh, in the actual question, it said extra cap. It said extra. So when I'm thinking extra, you know, when I'm looking for a small grant, I'm not looking extra. I'm looking for capital to you know operate my business and when i when i need a little bit of extra cash or i need some cash quickly i'm thinking credit card and i think it's universal uh significantly more people have credit cards than not um so but you know what do i think could be the crazy wild card right or, or the one that sneaks up and surprises us um <laughs> I, mm, Maybe C. Oh, equity I, I may, 
and, and, and the only reason, or, or, or it's going to be something crazy, like doesn't make too much sense. Yeah. I think everything else doesn't make sense. But, you know, maybe people looking at this forum and, and this disrupt now thinking, okay, how do people get capital? It's going to be something more mainstream than maybe credit card. Yeah. So, um, so credit card, you're right. Credit card was my number two, actually. Ah. Uh, tied, right? I, I think in, in this environment, because you, you just recently took this poll, right? This was a recent Correct. poll. It's a recent poll. Um, you know, one of the hottest things that's out there right now is alternative finance options. So online lenders, cabbage, what have you. So I'm, uh, I'm thinking E, because equity, I mean, nobody's getting equity. It's like, that's just <laughs> yeah, not no right when you think about well. it. <laughs> It's a little, it's a little bit harder, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I was thinking it was E, but um, I mean, what's your thoughts, partner? Because I think no, like, I, I don't think it, business, I don't think it's equity. I agree, yeah. I don't think it's equity, but I don't. But the question is, what's second? So I'm, yeah. I mean, the other ones, I don't. They're not. I don't see them, but I, I, I agree. Let's go with the alternative. Let's put a wild card out there. I don't know what MBE financing is, and we know small business grants are almost impossible to get. I didn't know what that was either. I, 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 that's why I just said MBE, because I was like, I don't even know what that is. And I, right. I'm fact, I will say a fun fact. My first job out of college was at Toyota, and I was hired as a diversity supplier specialist. My job was to ensure that Toyota sourced 5% of all indirect and direct procurement from minority business enterprises. Believe it or not. You know what's funny? I agree with that, Mimi. So I sit on the National Minority Supplier Development Council's board, and there's another organization that, that's connected to it called the Business Consortium Fund, which is MBE yeah. financing. Yeah. That's what exists. Yeah. Like, so it actually yeah. does exist, yeah. Travis. I think, well, this yeah. I think Toyota is probably the leader in that. I don't think that's yeah. for all energy. Yeah. But just, it's interesting the way our experiences shape our narrative, because that was my first job out of college. I was like, this is great. All corporate America loves MB. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's not the reality. Yeah. That was my experience. Yeah. And we don't what I was thinking, what I was thinking, oh, sorry. What I was thinking at first was that it was minority depository institutions, right? So, so we have 179 Black-owned or woman-owned uh, you know, or maybe I know mm -hmm. here in the state of Ohio, uh, we have a capital access fund where those are specifically for, you know, minority owned businesses. So I was thinking of something like that yeah. at first, but then I started thinking that, yeah, no, that, that would be too easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we want to see what the survey says. Survey <laughs> says highest ranked answer is what? Drum roll. Drum roll. So the highest ranked is actually small business grants. It came in at 34%. Uh, 34%. Okay. I'd so like to know who are. Yeah, I'm like, who's the audience? Someone's finding small business grants. Um, credit cards is the second. So that was 27.3%. And believe it or not, equity finance scored higher than online or alternative. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So I'm shocked by the small business grants because I, yeah. for, you know, being in the industry. There I, aren't I any. I, they do, they yeah. don't really <laughs> exist. <laughs> right. I'm like, I need to find out 
when your audience comes in, Rob, I want to talk to all you. are resourceful. Yeah. Yeah. Then, I, I can concur. I was going to say the MBE funding, as you all kind of alluded, it was the, the absolute minority at 3%. So I don't think right. anyone knows about MBE funding. I yeah. even want to know who the three percent was, because <laughs> you, got, you got someone who works at a bank. You got you got you got other founders. You got you got angel. Um, you got people running angel networks. I worked in finance for almost eight years, and I run a fintech now. I've never heard of it. Um, yeah. so I got three percent. I need to meet yeah. those people. They worked at Toyota with me. <laughs> oh man, that's pretty. That's pretty funny. So wait, who won that round? Who do we get? Who do we get the who's going to win? We won that we round. Won. The credit oh, you won that round. Okay, yeah, I thought you guys won it. I want to make sure. All right, good. All right, good. Well, we get to make it interesting because you know this one we're going to make worth more of the points. So we'll make it worth three points. So whoever wins this wins. The next question. So there's some real pressure. Some real. So you know, Team Capital, don't you know, don't don't get sloppy. All right. All right. You guys ready for the final? All right. Let's, let's see who takes home the prize. All right. Our fourth question that we asked that we asked the uh, audience in the survey is what do entrepreneurs do wrong when approaching investors? And Mimi will give the answers. Yes. So we have a few different options. So, again, keep in mind, what do entrepreneurs do wrong? Is it lack of information regarding the investor or fund that they're pitching? underestimating the amount of capital needed in the initial proposal? Could it be lacking a clear and concise vision for the business? Is it limitations or resistance with accepting or asking for constructive feedback? All right, this one is for, uh, this is uh, this is team, was it team, was team? Capital. Capital yep. on this one, right? Yep. 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 Hey, wait, which one is listed twice? I don't see it. Oh, actually, yeah, that was my oversight. So it looks like, resistance with accepting constructive feedback or not asking for rejection feedback yes. or why they were rejected. Yep. Good catch, Travis. Yep. No worries. All right. So this one is on, this is, this is team capital, this one. Yep. Yep. Team capital. Go ahead. <laughs> well, first I'll say that all of these, answers are very valid um which one do i think won out with this poll um i would say the i would say see um i i think the other ones are pretty specific but i think c is a little bit universal in that it may be not being able to, well, one, not having a clear vision, not having a clear understanding of the financials, not having a clear understanding of the market they're going into. Um, I think it covers more bases than the others. Um, and I think it's just a general lack of not being ready to pitch. Um, so I'm, I think C. Pana, what are you thinking? You know what, I, I was thinking C as well. I was, I was jumping between C and B because I, I've also seen, again, mm -hmm. it's difficult because it's approaching investors, so then I kind of put banks in there, I'd say, you know. Yep, sure. Yeah, and so I, I, I was thinking that, um, you know, underestimated amount of capital that they actually need, which then kills the deal altogether. But 
I think to your point, all of that ties into C with the lack and a clear vision for the business. So where the business is going, what's going to be the value prop, their competitive advantage, and then what's going to be the capital source to actually make this work. So I'm going with my partner on C. All right. Nice to catch on. All right. <laughs> okay. Hey, founder. Okay, okay, partner Travis, um, I, I've done this a lot, and I do this on investment, so I'd love to hear your perspective. Um, I likewise, but I think we do it in slightly different ways. So I definitely am looking for your feedback on this, um, in, in a significant way. I mean, I I know for a fact the the answer that you know a is it, it happens a lot. You know, people are going to investors that they think could be like. You know, you're like, oh, Andreessen Horowitz is a great investor. Let me go talk to them. But you, you, all you have is a pitch deck, um, and you look like me, and that will never happen with Andreessen. You need to go to the angel group first. Um, but so they're actually knocking on doors that actually can't be helpful to them yet um, because of the stage that they're at, um, and they also might not know what industry that. Or, or yeah, it, is that investor industry agnostic or are they specialized? Um, we don't know that um, a lot of times. Um, when I look at B, I do think underestimating or overestimating um, the amount of capital needed um, in their proposal, they, they might, people might say, that. I'm just thinking of what people might say. I don't think that they would say A. I, think, I don't think that they know that. Um, for B, I think that they might have gotten that feedback where you know, they went somewhere and said, hey, I need to raise this much money or I need a loan for this much. And either they're told you don't need that much or you actually need more. Um, and maybe gotten that feedback. I do think C is a strong answer. But D, uh, I don't think D and E, from my perspective, people are self-aware, maybe are not honestly self-aware enough to say that in a survey. So where they don't accept taking constructive feedback, most people think that they take constructive feedback well, but many don't. Uh, and then as far as E, um, I don't know if the people who don't ask for rejection feedback know that they should. Um, so I don't know. Those are, those are my thoughts. I think personally, I think D might be the strongest answer, but I think that we could be surprised by, by any one of these. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, I totally concur. Um, you know, you're exactly right uh, with A. Um, oftentimes what I see is that a lot of founders don't know that there are institutional investors, there are private equity groups, there's venture, and then there's VC. Right. And so each one of those have a different uh, industry in mind as well as risk return. Right. And so not often are early stage businesses even taught to think about EBITDA or cash flow. And so when you don't understand the financial workings of a business, then you tend to go to people that you think have the largest purse, not knowing that that purse isn't open for you. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm with you with A, um, but B, you know, we also don't know how much to ask for. Sometimes we go in saying, okay, I just want to, you know, pay myself for five or six years so that I can create this type of product. Um, you know, or use that money for whatever the technology need is uh, to help grow it. They may not think about back office uh, travel and, you know, other uh, significant um, line items um, on the balance sheet. So I'm between A and B as well. Um, 
so what do you think about this for B? Um, what I've also seen is that we're so nervous to secure capital that we tend to ask for less just because we think it'll give us a better chance of actually securing it. Um, so I think that that's where the underestimate, uh, underestimation um, could also play. Yep. Oh, I totally agree with that. We do the same thing for contracts. We just want a deal. So yeah. we'll bid on mm -hmm. a contract knowing that we're going to lose money just to say that we got it. So yeah, yeah I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, so you want to, let's go with me then. I'm with, I'm with you on that all the way, partner. Okay. Win or lose, <laughs> we're together. Final answer then. <clears throat> all right, B is the answer. So we yeah. got C for team capital and B for team founder. Is that correct? All right, we're there. Uh, let's go through the survey says, what are the results, Mimi? Drum roll. So just to clarify, this was actually a question that had a sliding scale where people could say never, sometimes, or often. So I'm going to base these readouts off of the often column. And indeed it was B with 54.8% of everyone saying underestimate the amount of capital needed in their proposal. Now, what's interesting... Team founder found a way to pull it out. All right, look at that. Yay! Look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about an average? I'm, 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 I'm in this interesting part. I'm interested in this interesting part. Added yeah, in the yeah. part is, you know, Travis, you made a comment about kind of our ability to have introspective analysis. Well, almost 50%. 48.4% of people said not asking for rejection feedback or why they were rejected. Hmm. Interesting. That that is very interesting. interesting. You've got some very special people taking this role. <laughs> that, that is that is a very mature, very important thing to do, and and I'm pleasantly surprised. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. Or it could be a lot of investors that were answering the question. <laughs> so I guess these are investors and entrepreneurs. So you know, you know, it could be that people take that. But you know what was was interesting? Back to how I was trying to figure it out with CMB. And so take, the, like I said, take the investor out. And when people are coming to banks asking for money, one of the things is that, particularly for small businesses, and I would say even more minority businesses, that we borrow less than non-minority businesses. And a lot of that is we don't think we're going to get it. Or again, sometimes we just grossly just underestimate what we're yeah. going to need. And when I'm meeting with people and I meet with folks you know, on my own to try to help people on the side, and I'm always just turned away by how their capital analysis of what they're looking for is like way off. It's like way yep. off. So then you start to question the rest of the business plan. You're like, okay, well now, if you don't know how much money you actually need to run your business, now explain to me how you're going to make this business actually work, right? And yeah. so then it's just downhill after that. So I, I can see that. I can see that, that, how that can occur. I would say, so my, my, I have a challenge on that. So how do, you, how do we go about that? Let's say you have someone that is has a good idea but perhaps they have to build the right team around them and a bank might not be where they start uh but if they're starting with venture capital like venture capital like no one has this stuff tested no no one no one knew that mark zuckerberg was going to create uh, a multi-billion dollar business approaching trillion dollar business like no one knew that going in google google almost sold their business for a little over a million dollars they just people just didn't give them enough so like people don't always know uh, you know, everything in the, in the advance. And sometimes people bet on people based upon their vision and based upon being able to put the right people around them. So how do we get to the point where we're able to, I mean, this is all risk, but and this is less for a bank point of view because the bank point of view is, you know, you guys are risk adverse just by your nature. But the, 
how do we change the perspective in investing in people from the same perspective as you would a, a Mark Zuckerberg? If you believe this person, believe Travis's idea and his concepts and his and his and his past align with what he's doing, how do we, I guess, change the narrative and, and, and create more opportunities for people so they don't have to have because everybody somebody can be great at a vision, but I consider myself in this camp, but not necessarily in the operations. And so, like, how do we how do we also help people to make sure that we are setting them up for success uh, before they get to those places? Because if you don't know, how do you get there? So, like, what? So, this is the question I'm gonna unpack. From your experience as investors, when you've seen this, or even as entrepreneurs, when you've done this, what would you advise people to do differently now? And what would you advise people not to do that you've seen done in terms of when you when pe when people approach you for money for advice so on and so forth so what would you like to see what would you have them do differently and what have you seen done right that's actually sealed the deal so anybody can do that so in my experience i mean you brought up facebook right i remember when i was doing my mba at one we actually had the facebook right and it was a very simple site and and i you know i'm not sure how the financing happened for the company but the site was very, very simple. I could have built it. I mean, it was simple, very simple. But the vision and where it went to um, was obviously immense. So you're saying, you know, what do you need to be able to get that capital? Well, I would say at the very beginning, do as much as you can without raising capital. <laughs> right? Raising capital is the last thing you want to do. Um, now, now, the issue is, if you've got a, if you've got a great idea, and you're trying to get capital and you're looking for the small amount of capital, people in finance recognize that, you know, you're probably going to need more than a little bit to really capitalize on a small idea. That's why I say do as much as you can before asking for that capital. But once you're at a point where you need capital, you need enough capital to actually um, get over the hump. And I think that's the issue we have in, in our community where we don't have as much access to friends and family and the money at the early stage to put, your, put yourself in the position to get the bigger rounds of capital. So you have this great idea, you maybe have a little bit of traction and you, need, you now need a lot of capital. So how do we bridge that gap? Well, you know, the institutions are, are looking to put in growth capital as opposed to um, okay. you creating right. you creating right. that that MVP. To get the MVP, you need to be talking to different people and not the institutions. Not all money is the same. So, you know, if you got friends and family, great. If you don't have friends and family, you're now in the angel space. Angel space really is a little bit broad from pre-seed to seed and maybe series A, but you're not going to VCs to get VCs. By the time you're really talking to VCs, you have an MVP, you maybe have a little bit of traction and, and you, you know, you're in a different space. So taking a step back, you need to be talking to the right people. And I think it was the very first question. It's the access to those, to those networks and resources, which we lack. That's why we can't make that jump. Yep. So networking, connecting, always networking. You don't know which conversation is going to open that door for you to get that capital or even that relationship, which is you know going to support what you're doing. It may not even be capital. 
what your company needs may not be a check. It may be a relationship. It may be one introduction. So just if you're in the mindset of transaction, 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 you're in the wrong mindset. You're going to be in the mindset of connecting, 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 because it's all based on relationships. For you to get money, you need to have relationships. You have to have network. And then once you have something that's going to be special, you're going after bigger money, you got to have that, that foundation there to get there. And that's the hump we need to get over. Yeah. I agree. 100%. Yeah, final 100%. thoughts. No, no, it's 100%. He said yeah. it all. I mean, Kevin, you killed it. It's, it's, it's relationships, man. You got to have those before, you know, before you do anything. And, and to your point, Rob, you said, you know, where do we get that knowledge base and where do we get that help? You get it from your relationships, right? And, and again, yeah. I mentioned this earlier about giving each other grace. When you have relationships, people listen to your story. They tell you where you, you know, the, the ropes to skip and the ropes to know to help mm -hmm. you get prepared for when it's game time, right? So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, you know, Rob, you know, I'll say this um, uh, only because I, I, I've been there. And, um, you know, when I started my business in my dorm room, I started it off of a, a VCR tape. It was a beta tape. I'm telling my age right now because I'm really 25. Um, but I, I, hey, ordered claim it, claim it. <laughs> I ordered a beta tape off of TV at late night for $29.99 uh, in Orr Hall at the University of Akron. And that videotape told me that I can live the American dream and become a millionaire so that my family, my future family, could be able to live the American dream as well. When I made my first $20 million after buying the house, the Bentleys, and all the shoes, I didn't have a mentor to help guide me and to help teach me how to be more financially resourceful, right? When I hit the $30 million mark, we, think, we were thinking, what do we do? Oh, my goodness, this is great. By that time, the real estate market was getting ready to clash, crash. It was near 2008. In 2008, all of my mortgages, I was a real estate investor. I had 200 pieces of property all over the world. All of the lenders said, we're calling your notes due. We need that money now. I called my accountant. He said, you got about $355 in the account. Which one would you like me to take it from? It was devastating to me because I said, okay, who's going to help me get out of this rut? Who's going to help me? So I went to the governor's office and said, I need help as a business owner. He sent me to an organization, I'm not gonna say their name, but he sent me to an organization that provided technical assistance. My ex-husband told me not to do it, but being Miss, Miss Woman that I am, I said, no, I'm gonna do it anyway because I think it makes sense. Um, but that person on the other side, Rob, had never been CEO, CFO, had never been responsible for anybody's livelihoods. They couldn't read a PL statement. And for us, that is what we did on the daily basis. We were responsible for people's lives, their health insurance, paying their rent, their mortgage, feeding their families, making their kids have options for going to school. So it was the counsel that I received that helped me go further downhill. I went to every organization that you can think of. I drove from Cleveland to Cincinnati. And it was a young man. His name was Ani Martin. And I don't know if you know Ani, but Ani was a business development guy. And he basically showed me how to turn my business into a whole new entity and use a sales model, not a financial model, a sales model to pull myself out. So it saved me from going into foreclosure 200 times. But what I learned through that process, Rob, is that it's really about the counsel we receive. That's why one in five businesses fail. 
We don't have enough people like myself who's actually done it out here teaching these people what to do and what not to do. We have neophytes. And those neophytes have great ideas, but sometimes they're too far from the mark. Someone said it very well. We don't always need money. We need to learn how to be better operators and we need to understand sales. And so if I was to give an answer to that, and tears are running down my face, so I'm so glad that you can't see me right now. Um, but it's because I live and I breathe this every single day. And it, it pains me that we spend billions of dollars on resources and technical assistance, but we don't think to add those people who have some valid and real experience to help us do it right. Amen. So it's not an ethnic issue, it's a business issue. And if I had one request, it would be that more people like me stand up and give back. So for the past seven years, I've been doing that. I've been giving back, making right. sure that businesses don't lose their business, make sure that people still have a way to pay for people's livelihoods because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, well, that was a good way to, that was a good way to end. Listen, so you can, you can preach whatever. Yeah, that was good. It was a good way to end. So uh, we want to take questions from the audience. We're going to get a chance to do this. So we want to see what you agree with and disagree with. We're taking some of the uh, questions we got. We're going to make sure that we get back to you and we'll be able to talk to you and actually meet with you live. But thank you for your time, team, uh, team founder. Congratulations. You pulled it out. I was worried about you. So Team Capital, you gave it a good run. But, you know, <laughs> you can't win them all. But until next time, we'll see. We'll see everybody next time. We're going to continue to disrupt common narratives and constructs.